Hello, my name is Stephen Keith. I am the CEO of Labrador Uranium. Labrador Uranium is a relatively new company. We listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange in March of this year. Uh, we are a well-financed exploration company focused on, obviously, uranium in Labrador. We have an extensive land package of over 150,000 hectares. We've just cl closed the acquisition of a small uranium asset, so we now have two assets with known historical uranium resources and over 100 targets over 125 kilometer length belt that we now control. And we're excited to continue to put money in the ground and make exciting discoveries. Stephen, thank you for the introduction. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you and thank you for your time. It's great to be here on this beautiful London you, day. You brought the weather with you. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, end of the year, um, you've just been marketing in Europe. Yes. Uh, what was that like? What was the mood? Um, the mood is actually pretty good. It's, it's, it's fascinating because the junior mining market has had a terrible year. It started off really well for us. We had two great financing windows in October of last year and April of this year where we were able to finance really well and people were looking at the uranium market. You got them. You got the, the April financing just before the, it was the, perfect. the, the bottom of the market. Exactly. It was uh, perfect. The market fell away. Exactly. It was perfect for us, except, and, and, one, and the except is, um, in looking after one's investors, our job is to make investors money. And yeah. when you take money at a peak, yeah. there are issues with that. You're, like yeah. Most of this space has come down a minimum of 40%. Um, but our job now is to try to fix that, not fix it, but to, to, to grow from here. Yeah. So the marketing went very well. You know, we, we took a relatively unknown story. We're, the recent marketing. Just the recent marketing the in last, Europe. The last 10 days. Yeah, so I spent uh, all of last week, I did seven cities in four countries in five days. Um, but it, it makes a difference because again, our, our institutional holding is terrific. We have a really good base okay. of investors. That's how we've been able to finance. But in the end, as a junior mining company or explorer, you need retail, you need trade. And what was fascinating is on these roadshows we had, on this roadshow, we had amazing attendance and we saw a significant uptick in trading on those days, right? So we went from oh, say- really? you could Measurable, you could actually see the um, buying on the, on the market. Yeah, we went from say an average of 40, 50,000 shares a day to we had a day of over 300,000, I think two days of over 300,000 shares. I think one hit 500,000 shares. Yeah. Um, and that's what you need. Yeah. Uh, and it helps also look as, as an explorer, you've got to find ways to put news out there, but without, you know, you, you don't want to flood the market with useless information. Um, so the end of the year has come nicely because we've been marketing well, we closed on the acquisition of this of this analog target and we were able to do a small financing. So now we're set up so that looking into 2020, what year is it coming? 2023, yeah. we're in really good shape. And I think I think that will allow us to build nicely for ourselves and for our shareholders. Uh, just going back to your comment about institutional um, holdings. Yes. Um, when you've got a kind of a, um, an early stage exploration play, you really kind of need to have backers that are going to back a thesis and are going to prepared, be prepared to invest over a period of time and not get kind of rattled by a month without news flow. That's know? right. So, so you, you, you've sold the concept. Now, they obviously um, back the, the commodity, yeah. which is uranium. Correct. The uranium thesis is really well known. They back the country, but they're going to back the, the specific kind of geological concept and the team. So kind of tell me about how that conversation went with your institutional shareholders. What were you selling in terms of the geography and, then we'll, uh, and also the team? So, and, and, you know, it's, 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 that's a great question because so often 
we spend time talking only about the global picture, but we're yeah. a small explorer. Yeah. And, and in the end, this is about making discoveries. Yeah. So what's exciting and where the cell is in this region is, you know, one of the things we call it is Canada's next great uranium region. And the reason we think that is this, in the last uranium cycle, we had about a half a dozen companies doing exploration in this belt. And some of that yielded some very exciting results. So a group called Aurora Energy, made a discovery and, and built out a deposit at what they're calling the Michelin deposit. It's actually not one, it's, it's several smaller deposits around one, but that totals over a hundred million pounds of uranium. That is a real resource. And that's at the far east end of this belt that we control all of, that's 125 kilometers long. And on the western end of this belt is the first asset we took over, which was called Morin Lake. And that starts with a known historical uranium and vanadium deposit. Sorry, and is, is the, the sorry, was it Michelin? Michelin, yes. Michelin, and what kind of deposit is it? I mean, it, it's, it's, is it going to be mined through ISR? Is it an open pit? It's um, earlier stage, but look, it's now owned by Paladin. So Paladin Energy bought it. Um, it, is, it, is, it is near surface. So the attraction in this area, and that's again a very good question is, so these deposits relative to say the Athabasca Basin yeah. are relatively low grade. Um, I think Michelin sits at 800 to 850 ppm. Okay. Now, relative to global grades, those are terrific grades, yeah. but we are in a hard rock environment in an area with very little infrastructure. So Labrador has terrific mines, Voises Bay, you know, Tata and BHP, or is it RTZ? One of those has a giant uh, iron ore mine on the western side of the province. It's very mining friendly, but one of the reasons there's an opportunity here is also one of the risks, which is this is all fly in, fly out. So it's not okay. cheap. So, um, so to make those work, because I'm, I'm an engineer by training originally, so I always try to answer the question of, even if I make a discovery, can there be a mine? Yeah, yeah. So back to your question is, what we have in this, in this belt um, are near surface or at surface yeah. uranium deposits, deposits that range in grade from about 350 parts per million to say 850. We have grades higher, but yeah, yeah. that's what the deposits work out to. Um, they're amenable to being larger deposits, yeah. maybe not singular deposits, because again, at Michelin, it's not one, it's, it's more than one. We believe the same thing is happening at Morin Lake, but these are at surface deposits near each other. So perhaps a hub and spoke type model, yeah. if it becomes a mine, but back to economics is why is it interesting is so they're, they're near surface. So they're more likely to be open pit. Yeah. Um, so easier to access. So you also don't want to chase this stuff particularly deep because of the grade. Um, you also have all sorts of other minerals with it. So our Morin Lake deposit is a, is a uranium vanadium deposit. Okay. Depending on how you work the math, it's, it's probably a vanadium uranium yeah. deposit. Um, at uh, Anna Lake, which we took on just recently, it's a five million pounds of, of historical uranium, but it's also got a significant rhenium kicker. And in the belt in between, it's a copper belt, isn't it? It's a copper belt, and it's and 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 the main part of the belt, over one hundred and forty thousand hectares of this, was put together in the last several years by Altius Minerals. Oh yeah. And their target with that exploration was all IOCG, so iron ore, copper, gold. Okay. Interesting. And one of the things I like to remind people of is one of the world's largest uranium mines Olympic Dam. is Olympic Dam, which is an IOCG project. I can't say whether we have that. The, iron, the, the, the uranium exploration was done extensively about 10 years ago. Yeah. Prospecting for copper in this area has happened for almost 50 years, but very little 
at a high level. It's more prospecting. Kind of so sporadic. Yeah, so dozens and dozens of occurrences. Yeah. And as one looks at the geophysics, you can see these deep structures. You see gold, copper, and iron ore throughout. Um, as we do our, our machine learning at, and, and with looking at this 50 years of data, we're zeroing in on some really exciting looking targets. And that's sort of a, the second prong of what we have. We have these uranium deposits. We do expect to grow them. Yeah. Uh, some of the drilling this year looked like it will extend the, one of those deposits. But we also have this whole IOCG <coughs> potential that's really exciting. Uh, the, the, uh, the AI guys, the machine learning guys, they really like geophysics to work with. Have you got geophysics over, the, over your project areas? So we do, but, and, and I was much more excited about it at the beginning of the year. You know, when you can talk about and wave your arms about 50 years of historical data and being able to feed that into to a machine learning AI program. And we've got exceptional geologists who've done that before, so it's yeah. not like we're just making this up as we go along. But then you start to realize that that was done over 50 years with many different types of companies. So getting all that data to agree okay. yeah. and they were all in smaller parcels of land. Yeah. So no one really was able to look up and look at the whole thing. Yeah. So one of the reasons um, we just completed a small flow through financing in Canada was to start a, a, a geophysics program, an airborne geophysics over the entire belt. So we want to tie this thing together yeah, yeah. and see what's really happening because, again, one of the questions you asked about geology and why we are there is we believe, and, and we actually need to, we believe there are giant projects here. We're, you know, we'll do the arm waving for a second, but we're elephant hunting. But we have to because this, this belt is going to be expensive to develop. So you're not going to be able to develop small things. Yeah, and the beauty about doing a regional geophysical program is that you'll be able to then calibrate your anomaly with the various surveys yeah. that you've got. So you'll be able to exactly where you've got a detailed survey in a patchwork quilt, you'll be able to reference the local data set you've got. That's right. Tied into your 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 bigger survey. Yeah. And absolutely, yes, uh, I, I understand that when you're going for a, a belt scale. Um, uh, land package in let's call it a frontier uranium province yes uh, you need to be targeting for the you need to be targeting the bigger yeah. deposits because well and you also need to figure out how to do it intelligently because over that large land package and with as many targets as we have I think Altius identified 142 whatever that means yeah. um, you'll never get anywhere trying to test each of those individually Sorry, right. and have you, have you taken over the Altius land package? Yeah, so that's ours. So, so, so when we did the deal originally, we had a, an asset called Morin Lake, which we spun out of consolidated uranium. And at that same time, did a deal with Altius where we took on their 142,000 hectares. And they keep a 2% royalty. Exactly. They took shares. They own about 16, 17% okay. of the company yeah. and a 2% royalty. And they've been very helpful with permitting and frankly, bringing new land in. We continually continue yeah. to add land. It's available. Um, but one does have to refine that into something more manageable. And that's where this larger geophysics will help. Yeah, because again, yeah. we want to look at not a hundred dots on a map, but no. where is, where is the, the, where's the, where are the deep, large vaults? Where are the cross structures? What do we see at surface with the geochemistry? And, and then we end up with real targets. So instead of saying it's a target, we want to develop projects. And yeah, so we started, absolutely. we started this year with, you could call it two projects. We've got Morin Lake with a historical resource, Mustang Lake, which we bought off of Mega Uranium, which has a historical drill intercept of over nine meters of uranium. It's a great start. Yeah. We now have Anna Lake with a historical uranium deposit. And we believe with the machine learning program, we hope to exit 
that program, I was going to say this year, but it's almost December now, we plan to exit that project with multiple projects that, you know, mo most explorers our size in the 20, sub $20 million market cap range might have one of those. We might have eight, 10. So what you've got to really do, what you are going to be doing is throwing the net wide yes. over the whole land package and then almost taking kind of a mineral systems approach, looking at the kind of the structure, Absolutely. All, all of the key vectors on potential projects that's and right. then ranking those and then going for the, 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 that's right. the one of the two that you can target. Yeah. And all the while we have known resources we try to expand yeah. and cre it, it creates options and optionality and value for our shareholders. Like let's say we do find a copper target that's only copper or copper gold. Yeah. Okay, maybe we don't spend our time on that. We're a uranium company. But now you have an asset that could create a new company. You spin it out, you joint venture, you sell yeah. it. So all of a sudden... Now your shareholders have more than one way to win. I've got a pet beef about um, company names that just yep. use that use labels. Yes. In Labrador, one label, uranium, another label. It's got to give it a name because what happens if you yes. find a, a, a company making copper deposit that yeah. you actually want to? Anyway, yeah. that, well, that, that's that's my beef. But but, but and it's a fair beef because what happens is people put their blinders on. Yeah. Like the Moran Lake deposit has copper, but no one was really looking for it. I'm yeah. not saying it has significant copper, but. Um, when you when you think you're one thing only, then that's all that you look for. And I think you leave a lot of value on the table. Yeah. The fundamental job when you're asking investors for money is to try to make them money. And of course, uranium is the thesis and the thing we love and we have those resources. But but you know, if yeah. I find a massive yeah. copper deposit, oh, vanadium, you know, and vanadium exactly. prices run and the market yeah. gets hot. Exactly. And they're all and and, and happily they all play within a global energy thesis that still holds together, right? Like yeah. copper is fundamental yeah. to the Elect energy thesis. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and vanadium for the batteries, the redox batteries. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> right, we come back to the other thing that investors will want to back, which is people and yes. the team. Because if you've got a conceptual idea for exploration on a frontier area, you've got yeah. to have the geography and That's the right. mineral potential, but you've also got to have the human capital there. So, um, what did they, what, what, tell me about your team. Okay, so there's two sides to the team. Less interesting for, for the exploration and development is the board, but I think the board is where I start out with an exploration company because that's who holds me accountable and makes sure that I don't spend all the money on something useless. So yeah, yeah. at the board level, we've got known company builders who have a very clear focus. So everyone has, everyone on the board especially fundamentally the three first board members have built companies, but also come from a financial background, buy side and sell side, yeah. and really force us, me, to look at the investor side. So it's guys like Phil Williams, who's the CEO of Consolidated Uranium, Richard Patricio, who's the CEO of Mega Uranium and on the board of NextGen, um, Justin Reed, who's the CEO of Troilus Gold. So they're the ones who are keeping me honest and focused. Hang on, uh, Phil's um, executive chairman, is Yes, he, he is. Yes, yes. That's a uh, unconventional uh, title. It is. Uh, how? Do, t tell me how that works and what that dynamic is. Dynamic's great. I've known Phil for a long time. Actually, I was an investment banker back in two thousand and nine at uh, a boutique Canadian investment bank, and he was the uranium analyst while I was a banker. Um, the asset he just announced the acquisition of in Virginia. We did that site visit, okay. I think in 2008. Right. Um, it's a great dynamic. And, and one of the reasons he was executive chairman and one of the reasons I was happy he was here is, firstly, the main asset came out of Consolidated. 
uranium. Okay. So he wanted to be there to, to, to show his investors that this wasn't just going to, yeah. we weren't going to run away from it. And for me, it was great because I have, I'm you know geological engineer, finance, I've been building companies for a long time, but I've never done uranium. And okay. I think, and I wouldn't pretend to be the uranium expert, but he and Richard are. So that's, and, and it works very, very well. We share an office. We spend a lot of time okay. together. Um, we're all in the same space. So that, that works very well, uh, especially on the institutional investor side, because we all, they all know the yeah. different groups. But then the other side, fundamentally for what we do, great. Let's say we protect the money. We've got a great vision at the board level. We have to make discoveries. So um, we have a few people I'll point to on the, on, the, on the exploration side. So our vice president of exploration, Nancy Normore, she's been working in uranium exploration for over 18 years. She came out of the Athabasca, but yeah. is originally from Newfoundland. Right. And we actually brought her out of Valley. She was working in Labrador at Voises Bay and doing the exploration around there and the, and the mine work. So we had someone who was both local and a uranium expert. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, and we've got great advisors as well who, who've, who've been working with her, who've worked this region yeah. for a long time. Um, and then on the machine learning side, which is fundamental to the larger exploration play, we've got two people I'd point to. So we have an advisor named Paul Pearson. He's a PhD structural geologist, has been doing this for decades. But he's also previously built an AI with his team and they did it for the right. Gawler Prize. They won the Gawler Prize in Australia and a similar concept. Looking okay. at the Gawler Craton, yeah. large, massive land package, lots of targets, but what do you do? How do you narrow he's, he's, that down? He's the mineral systems guy. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. But on top of that, we were able to bring in <clears throat> Drew Heisman. He just finished off his master's program, but he and his team used machine learning and AI for exploration and they won a prize at this year's PDAC as emerging explorers. So they've done it okay. before. Um, there are opportunities to, to bring in third party consultants who focus on AI. Our view was we wanted to build it internally because we wanted the knowledge. We want to know what we're doing and what the key factors are. And, yeah. and, and, you know, you, cause there's two pieces, right? You, it's the data and the data crunching and filtering of, of how to feed that into the system, which is a difficult and time consuming task. But you also have to teach, for lack of a better term, teach the machine what it's looking for. Yeah. And you need that geological knowledge as well. But the beauty is we have examples. Again, we have Paladin's Michelin deposit. We have what we have here. We have other IOCG regions like the Gawler, like, like uh, Olympic Dam. So um, it's, it's an exciting combination of hard rock on the ground exploration, drilling discovery, and then people who have done that extensively for a long time, who are now applying that to machine learning and AI, which which is, you know, for me, it's very exciting. And, and now we see where it goes. So the plan for next year, you've, this year you've done a lot of um, target generation, land consolidation, um, what's the plan for next year? You know, what, what, do you, what can investors look for over the next three, six, nine months, 12 months? So there's, Again, there's two sets of information that we hope to be generating. So one on the higher level is the results of the, of the preliminary and first round of the AI, which should generate real projects okay. and targets. So okay. some of that will come from what we've done now. Some of that will be enhanced by a geophysics program, which we just funded. We'll probably spend two to three million dollars in airborne geophysics this winter. And get that airborne done. You think you can get it done uh, in the first half of this year? Yeah, I do. We, the plan is to do it over this winter. And frankly, where we are, you can't fly during the summer. You can't do the geophysics in the summer. 
for of, um, environmental elk. indigenous issues, the animals, I, the animals, I'm migrations. Not, yeah, I'm not fully sure. I know we've got a permitting guy who said this is what you can and cannot do, and I don't fight that. So I say said, yes. He said, well, that suits you. They're doing, yeah. doing it in the winter. We've got winter coming up. Well, and and because of where we are, our exploration season is limited, right? You can drill, you can be on the ground in the summer, which there is sort of late June to mid-October at best, maybe earlier than mid-October. You can't do the shoulder seasons. You can do winter and summer, but... Yeah, exactly. So winter this year, we can do the geophysics. We're not going to do winter drilling this year. We don't think we have enough no. information yet. Yeah. Um, and then next season, we hope to continue to do what we did this year on the ground. So uh, at Morin Lake, we did some both co confirmatory work on, on the existing resource, but we stepped it out a kilometer or two. We found mineralization. We now have to determine, is that an extension? Yeah. Or is it another body? Like we think there could be multiple bodies, so we yeah. need to figure that out. And then now that we have Anna Lake, um, and that's a very exciting target and has very early days. So we'll probably do a lot more work around that. That's the, that'll be the hard sort of drilling detailed exploration. Um, on the targets that emerge out of the geophysics and AI, we have yet to see. Of course, we need to see the results before we make a decision on, on what we're going to spend. And you, will you be able to get the contractors to do the geophysics? Uh, I mean, I don't know what the lead time is. I mean, is other people in the kit, is the kit available for you to be able to do a winter program? Yes. Yes. Well, it's, it's fascinating because we went into this exploration season and I was pushing my team very hard on securing every possible contract because it looked sort of March, April oh, that the competition for exploration teams and drilling and helicopters was going to be immense. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, a lot of small companies did not take the money off the table that was probably available then. And then once the market fell away, there was no more money to be raised. And so some of these companies that we expected to be very aggressive weren't there. The pressure's come out of the system. So the pressure's come out. So, so and we, we do have a camp where there's, there's, a ta there's one or two towns very close to our projects that we can base this out of. There's a large military base with lots of infrastructure in Goose Bay that, that has everything we need. So we have... So the answer is yes, we, we should have no problem doing the geophysics and there's no problem right now for us. And we've got great relationships with the drilling companies and the, and the, you know, the helicopter companies that we should be able to move that forward. Well, Stephen, thank you. It's been a real pleasure uh, learning about your company and uh, good luck with the program next year. I'll accept the luck. We always need it as explorers, but it, it's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what's there. And I, I think good things will happen. So thank you. And I appreciate your time.